welcome everyone. We'll get started here. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Welcome to all of the co-hosts and panelists on here. Um, as mentioned, yeah, this is a Twitter Spaces. This is going to be a conversation about the future of decentralized social networking. And we have here guests from the Lens Protocol ecosystem, including um, Stani, the man himself, um, the, the founder and creator of Lens Protocol, as well as builders who are building applications on top of Lens, as well as creators who are actually using Lens apps. Um, so it's a really interesting cross-section of the decentralized social ecosystem. And just to kick things off, I think, why are we talking about this topic today? Um, I want to sort of read out a little bit of a, a thing that I had written at the end of last year before the holidays, where I had submitted this to a newsletter that had compiled predictions from various technologists and VCs about what was going on in 2023. And I wrote in there that the next big thing in 2023 is decentralized social networking. We're finally beginning to see users waking up en masse to the risks of centralized social networking companies, not least catalyzed by the recent threatened ban of TikTok and Twitter's capricious suspensions and prohibiting linking out to other platforms. Users, creators, and businesses have realized that it's dangerous to invest in building an audience on these platforms when there's a looming risk that the rug gets pulled out from under them. And now we're at a moment when there's a collective sense of we've lived with this existing paradigm of closed social networks for the last 15 years. What comes next? So what comes next is potentially represented on this Twitter spaces. Um, and so I just want to say welcome to all of the guests here and invite them to give a quick intro of what they do, who they are, um, how they got into decentralized social. So yeah, maybe we can start with Chris, then Dragon, then Shane, then Stani, if he can come up on stage. All right. Yeah, let's, let's rock. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining. Excited to be here. Fired up. Having fun. I'm Chris Comrie. I create um, mostly video content on Lens. I'm documenting a lot of what's going on in the Web3 social space, in addition to some NFT and DeFi stuff and things that I just think are very interesting. Happy to be here. Thanks for hosting this, Lee. Awesome. Chris is like one of the most prolific creators that I've seen on Lens, um, always posting tons of great content, especially videos. Um, and so definitely wanted to include him here. Dragon, um, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself too? Yeah, of course. So yeah, my name is Dragon. I'm a singer, songwriter, and music producer here on Lens. Uh, I really like it here. Uh, I'm also the founder of The Meeting, uh, which is a music organization focused on events, content, mid strategies to onboard artists and fans into Web3. Awesome. Um... We also have Favor, which is building an application on top of Lens. Um, I would love to have you give a quick introduction of what Favor is and what you're building. Hey, absolutely. Uh, this is Marlo here from Favor. Unfortunately, uh, Jonathan, our, our co-founder and CEO, was not able to make it. And I got a quick through ball from Chris on a Telegram DM. So here I am. Uh, it's lovely to, lovely to be on stage and yeah, great to, great to be here. Um, so basically, Lens is, uh, is building 
what we like to call the web, the gateway to web free social. So we're really trying to make it as easy as possible for people to, to onboard into web free social. Uh, we started off with building sort of a web 2.5 approach where people can onboard with the email. If they do not have a lens profile, they can still kind of view what's happening in the web three space and then uh, on chain all of that data once they, uh, once they do get a lens profile. So yeah, we're currently one of the bigger apps on, on lens protocol and um, yeah, really, really great to be building with lens. Um, my current role is head of NFTs and sort of business development. So I'm looking to try and expand, um, expand our reach and, and work on the BD side. Thank you. Um, we have another app developer on stage as well. Sokli, is that how you pronounce it? I would love for you to just say a couple of sentences about what the app does. Yeah, hi everyone. This is Prayag, uh, one of the co-founder of Socially. Uh, so first of all, thank you, Lee, for inviting us. It's a dream come true to be here. Uh, it, it, uh, so Socially is a decentralized social network with a difference. So what we are doing is we are allowing creators uh, to generate their uh, higher ROI of their time. Uh, so what Socially is, Socially is uh, allowing creators to monetize their time and skin. Let's say you are a creator, you want to monetize your skill. So what you can do, you can register on socially with certain skill and a time. Uh, and you can charge, uh, let's say you want to charge $50 per hour, you can set this as a fee for your skill. And let's say I'm a requester, I will book your time, I will pay you those uh, $50 to book your time, and we will go on a 30 minutes video call. Got it. Thank you. Um, we'll go to Shane next. Shane, um is the CEO and co-founder of XMTP, um, which is not, I would say, building on top of Lens per se, but Shane, why don't you say more about how XMTP fits into the Lens ecosystem and the world of decentralized social? Totally, thank you. Uh, XMTP is you know, web three secure messaging network, and we get to work directly with Lens to enable DMs and with many of the applications here today to be both secure and interoperable. And enabling private messaging across the entire Web3 ecosystem is something that we're really excited uh, and passionate about. So excited to be here. Yeah, messaging is such a key part of social. And so XMTP definitely plays a role in, you know, what the next generation of social networks look like. And last but not least, we have Stani up on stage. Um, Stani, Thank you so much for being here today. I think it's a great moment for you to introduce yourself briefly. Probably everyone knows who you are, but if you could just share a little bit about um, yourself and what you're working on, as well as maybe the background of why you created Lens Protocol in the first place, that would be great. Thank you so much uh, for introduction, uh, Lee and, and everyone else. Uh, it's it's so amazing to see how much the community is growing and, and so many creators are, are excited about um, the social and what we've, we've built uh, with Lens. So um, for us, we've, we've been always uh, been a team that is, um, has been curious about building um, access um, and growing up over the internet, basically. You know, you, you are exposed to a, a global world where, you know, you can make connections, um, you know, you can find people that share similar ideas or thoughts that you might have that aren't really in, in your local uh, proximity. Um, and I think like the, the idea of um, pretty much the whole kind of like a global uh, population moving more into uh, online 
presence uh, over the past decade, uh, we noticed that a lot of this online presence um, isn't actually, you know, in the hands of the users, uh, of the internet users. Um, and we wanted to build something that actually uh, creates a uh, uh, ownership um, layer, or we, we actually call it um, uh, uh, social, Web3 social layer um, that um, simply enables ownership uh, for you uh, of your online presence and, and the connections you make, uh, uh, the, the social capital uh, you might be curating or uh, creating um, and, and then adding also different ways to, to monetize uh, from your uh, creativity and your content um, online. Uh, before Lens, we've, we've been building more from, from the kind of like a, a decentralized finance uh, aspect and, and building more of a, uh, access to financial participation. And we see Lens being um, uh, pretty much extension of, of uh, creating more uh, participation and ownership um, for uh, social participation and also the, the, that financial aspect as well. Um, we're a very small team, um, uh, frankly speaking. So there's there's roughly 80, um, 80 people in our team in, in different kinds of uh, roles, uh, mainly focusing on building a protocol that is as unopinionated as possible um, and you know as flexible as possible that you can use it in, in social media applications, but also uh, if you just want to add uh, Web3 social layer into your existing applications. So that's kind of like a, what, we've, what, we've, what we've been building. Yeah, it's really amazing how prolific you've been in the ecosystem. And I think a question that has been on many folks' minds is like, given your background in DeFi, um, creating Aave, and also I think the stablecoin project that you guys are working on, what was the inspiration to then branch out and build something in the decentralized social space? Yeah, I, I think I, I think the work that we've done in, in Ovid definitely has been valuable in, in terms of uh, understanding that, you know, if a uh, uh, global financial system can, you know, can be owned and governed by um, the people that are actually using it, uh, why not take the same concept and, and expand into different areas where um, users are underpowered? Um, and I, I think social is a great example because um, there are more people that are actually, they, they create a lot of social capital. They might not have uh, financial capital, uh, but that's uh, the, the actual uh, capitalization or ability to uh, use what you create somehow um, uh, for your benefit or creating an audience or a brand uh, or monetize it, um, the tools aren't there yet. Um, so if we compare to traditional social media, um, you know, we've, we've seen now more tendencies that uh, uh, traditional um, social media platforms are looking into, you know, monetizing it with creators, but also you have some of the platforms uh, doing that for uh, years. Um, and the, the, the actual power dynamics aren't uh, in the favor of the actual users who create uh, the content and make those networks uh, strong. But also there's an interesting uh, part of me where, you know, when, when I mentioned that I've, I've been growing over the internet is that I actually started uh, before blockchain, I was building uh, FinTech applications because I was some, for some reason I was super excited about uh, this idea of uh, being able to 
create a good uh, financial layer uh, across globally. And, and going back in time, if, if uh, any of you remember, you know, putting a credit card uh, into credit card details into uh, a web page uh, to buy something uh, from another part of the world was, was something that people were quite hesitant to do a um, decade and a half ago. Um, and what we saw, uh, you know, you had to go to actually an online forum and read about reviews and read about the online shop. And, you know, you had this kind of like a um, uncertainty. And, and, and I think finance is getting into a point where with uh, blockchain is becoming very programmable. Uh, but before the whole uh, fintech part of my life, I, I used to build web two applications and, and mainly social applications when Twitter was very small with the Ruby on Rails community. Uh, and and th- those were very early days. And I think I was uh, still in high school at that point. And I dropped out of high school to uh, to actually build more. So I had to go back into high school and uh, finish my degree and, and <laughs> go back back to school actually. But that was that was that was kind of like an amazing uh, experience for me to get into building something beyond finance as well before that. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I actually didn't know that you had been building in Web two social prior to crypto. That's really cool. Um, it's actually uh, it's, it's actually something... interesting because mm-hmm. it's like it's actually quite hard to build in Web Web. web um, uh, Web3, uh, uh, like the, the more like uh, traditional social media, uh, because the networks yes. are very, uh, they're very condensed and, and they're very much uh, gravitating. So if you have a big follower base on Twitter, it's very hard to actually go to a new application. And that was the kind of like, a, especially in the early part when Twitter is getting, was getting a lot of traction, big and, and Reddit. Uh, you know, it, it was very difficult to, 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 keep, to keep building something that it was uh, slightly a bit different, but competing from the, um, you know, the, 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 the free time of the audience. Yeah, 100%. It is really difficult to build a Web2 social network that tries to compete with an incumbent that has already reached scale. And I would argue it's even hard for the incumbents to maintain their scale, as we've seen with um, recent events around Twitter since Elon's takeover. I, I think building in the social space is just challenging from a user retention and usage engagement. Um, but I want to go back to something that you had said earlier, which is that you built Lens Protocol really in reaction to a lot of the dynamics of Web2 Social, which is that on Web2 Social platforms, users don't really own anything. They don't own their content. They don't own their follower graphs. Um, they don't own their usernames. Um, and Lens is very much architected in a different way where there is true ownership. Can you sort of unpack that for listeners here who might not really understand that distinction on a deeper level? What does that user ownership mean in the Lens context and why should they care about that ownership when they might already feel like owners in Web2? Yeah, I think there's like... um... I can give a, like a more of a theoretic answer and also like a, a practical example how um, I, I saw it myself like 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 so the power of ownership happening. So um, first and like most important thing is that um, when you when you're creating a, a lens profile when you're uh, minting it, uh, what happens is that uh, that uh, profile ID uh, is is essentially um, secured by the blockchain. So meaning that it's it's not actually a, a number in a database. Um, 
uh, and, and similar way when you are um, making connections with other profiles uh, on Lens Protocol, um, that's also um, governed by the um, uh, the blockchain with the with the smart contracts, and and this gives you uh, certain guarantees that uh, no one can actually come and um, you know remove those relationships that you you have uh, created. Let's say you might have a a, a big audience of um, people that that really like uh, your uh, creativity. That could be, for example, music um, and uh, any application that is is, is building on top of the Lens protocol or is integrating Lens protocol, uh, they can reflect that um, uh, user base for you. So it's, it's, it's effectively giving you the, the um, um, a, a guarantee that uh, no one can actually come um, and remove that uh, relationship or, or your profile. And I, I really saw actual uh, example uh, when there was like one person that is, that was basically uh, in Lens Protocol, um, you know, and, and there was a heated discussion about, I can't even remember what, what was it about, but, you know, the person didn't really like me and, you know, I, I couldn't do anything about it. So as, as one of the builders of, of, um, of Lens, um, the, the, the only thing I could actually do is, is basically um, uh, burn that uh, follow relationship. So I, I basically couldn't um, remove a, a username or I couldn't do anything uh, for that, uh, from the perspective of, for example, if you compare it to more traditional social media applications or how uh, they're built, um, uh, there's a lot of uh, powers and rights and uh, things that the, the application or the platform can actually do. And, you know, um, I think that was a very powerful moment because you actually realize that, um, you know, th- those profiles are owned by, you know, the, the, the users. And I, it's quite powerful. Yeah, I sort of think about um, Lens Protocol is that it's it's taking this approach of maximizing what is on chain. So all of your relationships are represented as NFTs. Your follower relationships are are NFTs. All of your content are NFTs, right? And so everything that you would have in a social network is basically on chain, and the downstream. Sorry, do you want to interject there? Oh, uh, yeah. Just one one thing is that there's the the the, the on chain does give certain type of guarantees. But for example, when when we're looking at um, the whole stack of the lens, uh, there's sort of functionality, for example, that happens, um, for example, uh, off chain, but also in the future in a data availability layer. So, uh, some of the on chain components they do give guarantees, but depending on the use case, you actually could use maybe just uh, profile minting on chain, but rest of the things that are applicable to your application or use case might be off chain. So it's a kind of like a hybrid uh, mm-hmm. stack, but it, it really, the, the on chain components do have interesting benefits. Yeah, definitely. And one of the benefits that it entails for users is this ability to basically use different applications that are building on top of Lens and to see the same content, to see your social graph, regardless of what application you're using, there is no cold start problem anymore where you sign up to a new social network and there's nothing there. Instead, because everything is exposed in Lens protocol, these new applications can get off the ground quite quickly. And when users join, all of their content, all of their relationships are already there, right? 
Um, I would love to hear you speaking a, a little bit more about that dynamic and what your approach has been to increase developer adoption versus thinking about leading with your own product potentially. Yeah, I, I do think that's uh, it's there is there's sort of value when you when you share a, a common social graph and I, for example, might be um, yeah, when when I'm on a desktop, I might be using different application that I'm that I'm using, for example, on mobile. Um, you know, when I'm sharing video uh, on mobile, I might be using Or because you know they have certain features that that are um, uh, making it uh, quite smooth to to upload video content. Um, you know, when I'm listening, when I'm watching videos, I'm I'm using something like LensTube. So. The portability is is very valuable. Um, I think what will happen in the future more is that uh, even if you have this uh, quite quite big uh, public computable data and um, you can uh, represent it in any uh, clients or applications, um, I think what we'll see is that we will see more of a curation happening. So, so for example, if if if, if the uh, audience of one use case is, for example, music. Um, we'll see more music experiences and audiences that are curated towards that particular uh, use case. But the, the, the portability itself is is definitely valuable because it means that, um, uh, especially if you find new use cases or interesting uh, ideas, you can bootstrap your audience uh, relatively quickly. So there is, uh, for example, one new application I'm super excited about called uh, Enzo Collective. Um, and there is simply... Uh, building this digital wardrobe uh, of of, um, of of clothes, which is quite interesting use case and very novel, um, but also it has a very uh, exciting social component. But the the actual audience and uh, curation is is um, uh, there as well. So I think that's the kind of like a difference there. Um, I think Shane, you had some question as well there. No, I was just going to highlight a story uh, about what you said earlier. And the reason XMTP even got started was a conversation with Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park when he was talking about getting rugged by Facebook. They had the largest audience in the entire Facebook ecosystem at one point in history. And all of a sudden, when Facebook started changing all the algorithms, they couldn't reach their audience. And he was telling a story in like 2020 that when he, when he saw NFTs, it wasn't in art form or the creative sense of it. It was that the NFT representing an audience, that audience is on chain. He can now own that. No one can take that away. And it clicked for him to think about if I have a million people who own this NFT, I have a consent relationship. And then how can I message them? How can I like create them as followers? And so what's kind of playing out here really goes back to that founding story. And I think it's just so powerful to think about, you know, I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and I've been working on top of web two social since 2007. And to think about, building on top of these APIs that allowed brands and creators to reach their audience. And you just have been getting rugged ever since it started. And so when I think about the question now, isn't really about like, you know, why should I go build on lens versus web two? It's do I want to own my audience and have long-term value versus it's played out every single time that you go build an audience on web two, and then you just keep building new audiences. And then you, lose the reach to that audience over and over and over again. And I think the paradigm here has fundamentally shifted. And what you're saying now, I think that's most interesting that I kind of think about is if you have to use a single app to access your conversations or your network, 
or your relationships, then you actually don't own that audience. And what you're enabling, and I think you know what we're helping to support as well, is this ecosystem of applications to access that shows that you really do have ownership and control because you can leave. Oh, yeah. And something I'm super excited now as well is that a lot of the audiences are Web3 native, right? So like, uh, you know, when we started the Building Lens, uh, we, we knew also that there's going to be a uh, path that we have to build a lot of scalability and maybe um, Web3 Social could be a way of actually getting more towards into mainstream uh, with, uh, with crypto in general. Uh, but what we notice now that like actual... Uh, the real power of, of Lens is that uh, you could actually go into Lens and talk to and discuss with um, and share content with uh, Web3 native audience. And, you know, when I started to actually see, like, there was um, creators, um, uh, Christina, for example, Christina Spinell, she she basically composes um, um, classical music. Oh, she's here in the audience as well. So, for example, she tweeted recently that, you know, she's getting... Uh, um, more traction actually in Lens Protocol compared to what, for example, is happening in, in other social media uh, platforms on, on her um, audience and, and uh, engagements. And I think that hit me quite hard in in an in a interesting way that, you know, I realized that, well, actually, it's the place you can go and, and you know, talk to Web3 audience uh, directly. And, and that's the... Uh, network there and which is slowly growing and and recently we've uh we've seen this happen to other creators but also we see more and more uh web3 native brands actually going to uh lens protocol um and and effectively creating their audience there and i definitely understand uh multiple reasons why um it's 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 it has a better impact uh mainly because uh, crypto Twitter, for example, it does have a lot of noise at the same time. There's a lot of things going on, um, but there's more engagement in in lens, uh, lens across that Web3 uh, audience. So I think that's that has been like a very interesting aha moment to me. Yeah, that's really interesting. There was a question that we got on Twitter about whether brands are interested in lens applications right now in order to reach a more crypto native audience in order to build an audience among this particular segment of users. And it sounds like that's already happening, right? Can you share some of those stories of like the types of brands and what they're trying to do on Lens? Yeah, we've seen some interesting brands coming. I mean, there's there's recently like uh, Smurfs were getting like quite uh, exciting traction. And I, 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 it's super exciting to see that how they're actually utilizing uh, Web3 as a strategy um, and, and getting into new audiences. and. It's not the first time that a brand has been doing that. I mean, Polygon as an ecosystem is is quite known that you know brands are coming, um, you know, and uh, and engaging with the Web three audience. Um, I personally think this is my opinion, but I, I personally think that you know if if you have a, a you know very engaged audience and um, a lot of uh, actually um, uh, you usage will happen in a, in a certain place, you know, and people are having fun, you know, they're excited, you know, the brands will follow uh, anyways. And I think that's has been happening a bit in uh, in crypto, but also in, in the NFT uh, ecosystem and, and, and now a bit in Lens. But I, I'm more excited about the kind of like a, a Web3 native brands and, and DAOs using Lens um, 
and and actually as a, as a way of, of uh, communicating with their audience and sharing content, token gating for their followers, uh, you know, uh, making collects. I, so something super cool is that some of these uh, apps that are built in Lens are very early, but for example, they, they're even uh, fundraising in a way where, you know, they might share the latest logo updates or product update. And, you know, when you hit that collect fee, you're, you're basically funding um, that uh, team to, to build their project further. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And I think like the bigger brands and what's happening in the more wider uh, crypto space, they, they will also follow where, you know, where people are having fun and, and are engaged. Yeah. So we've spoken a little bit about portability um, as one of the value propositions for Lens Protocol, as well as alluded to the monetization potential because posts are NFTs and they can be collected. Um, creators are also monetizing through Lens. I would love to bring in the creator perspective into this conversation. We have both Chris and Dragon, who are creators um, creating prolifically on various Lens applications. I would love to hear their perspective on, as a creator, why did you decide to start creating on Lens versus investing in Web2 platforms? And what are the benefits that you've experienced from building your presence on Lens? Maybe we'll start with Chris and then go to Dragon. Sure. Yeah, there's there's a couple reasons. Um, one, I got super interested when I kind of understood, you know, the composability, um, particularly on the developer side, and kind of kind of understood. And it brought back some flashbacks to when all the Stanford kids were building apps on top of Facebook um, back in the day. And I saw that parallel. Very interesting. And then from a creator perspective, you know, the, the ability to have your followers collect. And even if you don't charge, I know a lot of creators and Dragon can probably talk more about charging for songs. I haven't charged anything for any of my posts yet. Um, and that's just kind of the, the way that I'm doing things for now. But the ability to have all of your a list of addresses and people and people are building cool tools like Bellow um, as an analytics platform that you can basically take a list list of all your NFT collectors and then kind of understand what their purchasing power is, is an interesting perspective there um, that I'm watching. And I'll let Dragon go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I, some, some of those reasons are, uh, I agree with Chris when it comes to um, the, the protocol, it really, uh, just got really um, obvious to me that they, they really thought well about the ecosystem. So like there's uh, developers, collectors and creators, and they really make sure that that triangle really balances out in terms of um, how that's developed. So like when there's like more demand in certain areas, then uh, one part of that sector will be able to like compensate for the others. And um, the Shane mentioned something with Mike Shinoda and like owning uh owning your followers and that was the thing that i liked the most about it as well because when you when you have followers on lens protocol it's wallet addresses so like nothing's gonna stop me from communicating with those wallet addresses besides lack of internet connection and it it, it doesn't matter what happens in the future with lens protocol what happens with any of the apps that are being built on the platform like i'm gonna continue to own those wallet addresses and continue to communicate and share NFTs or whatever I decide to share uh, on those platforms. So that got me really excited. And and the fact that everything just seemed so scalable from uh, a development perspective uh, really excited me a lot because like I can drop 
a music NFT on on uh, any anywhere on Lens, and I can uh, I'm I'm very confident that like any app developer either now or in the future can like build on top of that, and I don't have to do anything. So it's like it it, it seemed like such a no brainer when I when I uh, when I joined, and it's just been really fun uh, just growing that community and and uh, learning from everybody along the way. Oh yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome to hear. I I think the that element of like owning your followers is really interesting because I think this is a completely new dynamic that has not existed before in Web2 Social. Your followers were always tied to the specific platform that you were using to build that audience and to reach them. And I'm wondering if it changes, like does it change the dynamic um, when you actually own that relationship, when you have the wallet addresses, when people are collecting your posts or collecting your NFTs, how do you feel like it's, I, I would love to hear a little bit about your, your sense of like how your relationship with your fans or audience actually changes in that context. Uh, I can go ahead with that. So in terms of fan relationships and everything, I don't feel like I have to focus too much on uh appeasing any algorithms i just feel like especially with the way lens protocol is built i just uh i just know that there there's going to be developments where uh there's going to be certain algorithms just being built for certain audiences and so uh all, all i have to do really is just like submit uh whatever i believe would be uh good for that audience and just like get, I, I would pretty much just be building for an audience that i want to retain uh, and then just like hoping that um, everything else gets like put into place. So like when I, um, I it, it's also just really fun to like have a lot of on-chain experiments. Um, there, there, there's a lot uh, of stuff that can be done around that. So that that's, that's my perspective on that. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Marlo from favor. Um, did you want to make any remarks here? Yeah, I, I just wanted to add something. Um, we, we, hosted, we hosted an AMA with uh, Violetta Zeroni the other night and, and a couple of her artist friends. I don't know if anyone's familiar with her, but really an amazing, an amazing artist kind of at the front of, of Web3. And while, during the conversation, like the, the kind of sentiment that I picked up, which, which I found very, very interesting, was they, they all said they had a renewed sense of freedom. Um, just by by kind of reaching their audience without having to go through a third party, uh, you know, in this case it would be a record label. They they just had the freedom to to kind of be way more authentic in in who they were, which I I actually didn't realize, um, you know, because apparently this is what happens with the record labels is they have like a particular look or a particular person that they will push forward, and all of the other artists who might not meet like that specific criteria kind of get sidelined. And, and I think that what artists are finding, at least from what they were saying, is that there's this, this ability to, com to be completely authentic and completely themselves, which I think is, is huge for any sort of creators, is to be authentic. So, yeah, that, that was really amazing to hear that. I um, just thought that was a, an interesting perspective to add. Yeah, I love that. And to give folks in this space a sense of kind of what creators are experiencing on Lens, I think it's helpful to share um, some of the monetization stats that um, have been occurring on Lens so far. So primarily the ways that people are monetizing on Lens is through 
collections of their posts. So when they post something, um, their followers can decide to collect that and to pay for it. And then beyond that, you can actually also earn as a curator by mirroring a post and then having that post be collected downstream. So even if you weren't the original creator and you just reshare something called mirroring, um, you can also earn if that post then gets collected based off of your mirror, um, which I think is very cool. And to give people a sense of the scale of what's happening on Lens in terms of collection behavior, I think um, I'm looking at a Dune dashboard right now where it says that the top creator on Lens has earned over $90,000 of revenue. This was Pussy Riot. I think all of this went to charity actually to support reproductive rights, if I'm remembering correctly. The second highest creator has earned something like $66,000. Um, the average creator on Lens that has turned on collection of posts um, or paid collection of posts is earning $73, which, you know, given how early the ecosystem is and, and the amount of time that Lens protocol has been around, I think is actually really tremendous. Like, I think very few of us in here could even say that we've actually ever earned anything from Web2 Social. And so the fact that the average user on Lens protocol is has already made over $70 in just a few months is really a shifting paradigm of what Web3 Social can entail. So I just wanted to highlight that. Um, I think folks have... In collecting questions for this spaces, I think people had a few um, specific questions for Stani. So I'll direct a couple of questions to him. Um, can you elaborate on the anticipated business model for Lens Protocol? How does Lens Protocol plan to make money? And also if you have any insight into how apps that are building on top of Lens are planning to make money, I think people are curious about that. Uh, yeah, it's definitely extremely valuable uh, question because I think like, um, you know, having a healthy ecosystem requires certain type of um, value feedback loops. And, you know, it's like touching base in the in, in the previous discussion on how creators are, for example, earning. Um, you know, it's it, it's very interesting approach that we have because um, in, the, in the current protocol, for example, there's the ability to collect uh, fees into common treasury for the uh, for the protocol itself, but that's that's basically set to zero um, at this point, uh, which is quite common in uh, decentralized protocols. Um, uh, to start from there, but what is uh, uh, different is that uh, the monetization has happened from the bottom up. So creators are um, the ones who are actually monetizing, and uh, what we mentioned about the uh, numbers, uh, for me, it's also fascinating because uh, not only, um, uh, you know, you can earn, for example, from music, but, you know, for art that you are sharing across the Lens protocol uh, that can be collected, but we've, we've seen actually uh, just regular uh, text posts where in the form of uh, support, gratitude that actually gets also funded. So I think it's really... Um, changes the way we think about, uh, you know, creators and creator economy, because, you know, um, creator economy uh, has been um, around for, for, you know, as, as long as humans have been, you know, you know, entertaining and creating, but especially now uh, it really uh, creates that uh, monetization and value capture uh, for creators and users. So it might like, 
you, you might be just actually sharing content and you are a creator or a curator, which is another form of uh, being creator. So it, it, it really highlights that, you know, everyone has this, uh, you know, creativity that, that basically um, uh, brings a monetization. And in terms of the, the, the protocol level, down the line, uh, what we're thinking is that uh, there could be a healthy feedback loop between the applications and uh, the protocol in terms of uh, revenue sharing. But also what is fascinating is that what we are anticipating is that you might be uh, creating content on one uh, application, for example, the um, your video that you are shooting and, and sharing through Orb. Uh, and someone else is collecting it, um, let's say it's your butterfly application or favor um, or on desktop or lancer, and you have this uh, profit sharing uh, happening between the applications. And this is super exciting because like you don't see uh, necessarily like the traditional social media platforms sharing um, revenue uh, across the whole um, space. And that's something that I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about. But the, the monetization tools we've built are uh, quite uh, basic at the moment. So we're we're also expecting to see how the community um, uses the protocol, uses the monetization tools, and, and eventually uh, we probably will see additional um, uh, tools. We saw one project called Vades, um, and it's a way that you can actually incentivize uh, mirroring. So if you have valuable content to share, um, you know, and you, if you have audience, uh, you can get rewarded for sharing that content. And it's done in a very smooth way where you aren't really thinking of ads, but when you see a content that is really valuable for your users, you, you're basically going to share that to your audience. Um, and I think it's kind of like we will see more and more these kind of tools uh, appear in experimentations. The idea of cross-app revenue sharing is really interesting are um in that instance are you imagining a scenario in which content gets originated on one lens application and then gets consumed or collected elsewhere so both of them contributed value to that equation and so should share in the revenue yeah because the way i see it is that um you know the the lens protocol is is a way to uh, uh, distribute content and and also um uh, formalize that content as well. So, and, you know, the creators, they have their own audiences, the applications, they have their own audience because of the, 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 the future branding power and also the tools um, and, and, and how you compose. Um, and, and I think the biggest difference between the apps that are built on top of uh, Lens Protocol or are integrating uh, Lens as a social layer to an existing application, that could be even like a DeFi application or uh, something completely different for, uh, compared to more traditional social media apps is uh, that we probably will see more uh, communities come together behind an application um, and, and and where you, you, you might not have seen it before because the users aren't really vested into um, uh, the, 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 the previous social media applications because you, you might be consuming content. It's a way for you to get brand power, uh, but if you are able to invest in in terms of monetization um, and sharing that value, um, and if that application is, is creating tools that you need and you're aligned with the content moderation policies, you're aligned with the uh, 
direction the development is going, you know, you, you, you are more vested into that application and it creates a community around it. Yeah, that's really cool. I wanted to also ask you about the growth on the user side of Lens Protocol. So where we are right now is that there's something like 100,000 users on Lens. Um, I think there's a lot of people who, uh, in response to the spaces, asked when they can get a Lens profile, when they can start using it. And so I'd love to hear the th your thoughts around future growth, how you're onboarding users, um, how what approach you're using to onboard people and, and any kind of sequencing there, as well as how you think about um, adoption, especially for people who might be less Web3 savvy or less familiar with Polygon and wallets, et cetera. Um, how does Lens scale to those kinds of users? Yeah, so Lens, Lens protocol is um, what we call it as, as a, a beta protocol. So um, it's on mainnet on Polygon, um, and Polygon is known for having lower transaction fees. You know, their fraction of what they are, for example, in Ethereum, where a lot of the um, uh, you know Web three movement um, uh, uh, started. Um, and at the current state, so we the, the way we've been um, creating access into the beta protocol is that we've we've been widely seeing. Uh, users enthusiasts uh, uh, to mint their lens profiles that are that are very excited about what we're building or have early on signed a so-called open letter uh, which was a uh, a bit of a kind of like a manifestation of um, uh, more decentralized uh, social and and having ownership of, of your um, online presence uh, and from there we've we've been um, a lot of listing uh, different uh, communities uh, based on Web3 footprint. So, for example, um, if you if you've been able if you've been holding a specific NFT or you're uh, contributing and voting on a particular DAO or uh, giving grants, uh, in, uh, funding grants in in Gitcoin, um, you might be able to you have might be able to uh, mint a lens profile. So we we try to do it in a very um, close to Web3 uh, native way and 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 basically whoever uh, is interested. So if you are interested in in trying the Lens Protocol beta, uh, now you can you can send me a DM uh, or Twitter, and and I can um, get you started, and and you can uh, start exploring uh, all the exciting applications uh, out there. So currently there is uh, 111,000 uh, profiles minted, but um, I think even when we are looking at the daily active users, so it, it fluctuates uh, now for. From ten to twenty thousand uh, users uh, uh, on a daily basis, but it really isn't like a number that we're uh, uh, tracking that much because you know we're we're a bit limited into um, scaling the protocol uh, in a more a secure way. It's something we, we built something that is very new uh, to the public, and, and we want to ensure that it can scale for the future users and the decisions we make are aligned with the community. So we're trying to also in some ways build as slowly um, as we can. And now what we are focusing is on the Lens version two and the version two of the Lens protocol um, allows uh, so-called data availability transactions. So, so this allows us to scale to uh, 35,000 uh, transactions uh, per second. And just to give a, a comparison, what it means is that during the uh, 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 FIFA World Cup 
uh, final, uh, Twitter was experiencing 25,000 uh, transactions uh, per second. So it brings sort of scalability. Um, and what it means is that we're using one part of the blockchain, which is the uh, data availability to create those transactions. Um, and then if you want to um, get a uh, content that is, for example, a comment and actually mint a um, uh, on-chain NFT, you can actually pull it into the uh, on-chain ecosystem. So that's where I, when I previously mentioned that Lens Protocol isn't uh, only a on-chain uh, protocol, it actually has other uh, pieces as well that you can utilize um, whatever you are building or in whatever application you're looking to integrate um, Lens. So that's our kind of like a plan. So we're focusing a bit of scalability and we're able to also in the version two to separate the handles from profiles. So you can permissionlessly mint profiles and then decide what kind of identity you want to attach. So you can attach the canonical um, namespace.lens or you can attach also uh, your ENS name, uh, verifiable credentials. And, and that identity component uh, will essentially um, signal uh, your profile across the whole um, protocol. Makes sense. So basically the onboarding is happening in this like kind of community by community based way. Um, and it also sounds like folks can DM Stani if they want to get an invite to Lens. By the way, I'm flagging that there's almost 1500 people in this Twitter spaces. So you might get a lot of DMs after this. Um, and socially, the builder of socially, you um, had your hand raised. I wanted to invite you to, to say whatever you had. So, uh, sorry to interrupt, Lijin. So actually I have to go to go in a meeting with my uh, devs. But before that, uh, I just wanted to share uh, our backstory, uh, like the reason why we started building the socially. Uh, so it, the backstory behind the creation of this product actually involves the four signi uh, significant milestones. Two of these milestones act as a catalyst in starting the development of socially. Like while the remaining two points in reinforce our belief that uh, this product is crucial in addressing the current need, uh, the first two subtle online cues change our views about the creators and the feeble toolset offered by these cent uh, centralized giants like Twitter and the Facebook. So we were uh, like in the past, we were avid followers of creators like Jack Butcher, Chris Johnson, Seventeenth. Lee and Jesse Walden works on the platform like Twitter and YouTube. Uh, Jack Butcher, Jack Butcher is known for his amazing. Jack Butcher is known for his amazing, amazing work of creativity. He distills complex ideas into a comp, uh, compelling visual masterpieces. So, in October 2020, what happened that we were shocked to learn that one of the Jack Butcher's Twitter account has been had been suspended. Uh, the product that followed was massive, and uh, many of people observed this event. And the second event was uh, uh, when uh, when you started talking about the uh, creator economy. Uh, you continuously voiced your opinion on how creators have a little to say. Note the revenue uh, creators create through their content for the centralized platforms. Uh, she advocated that uh, you had put, uh, that these revenues should be distributed to the creators, but this was not possible with the centralized platforms. So uh, in in 2020. Uh, so apart from that, uh, your article "Hundred Two Fans" also help us, uh, like, uh, in shaping the way why why now we like we need a decentralized social network. 
so we clearly observed uh, this as an opportunity uh, uh, and we started working on the decentralized social network so after these two events we started designing the product and its core feature but the next two event are the one that uh, uh, boosts our confidence that it it's about to become the mainstream uh, need uh, in the first half of 2021 vitalik during his 54 minute talk at the it cc paris emphasized that the importance of user owning and controlling their data via the de uh, decentralized social network and it was his talk that uh, further strengthened our belief that the issues of decentralization in content and the uh, revenue ownership is picking up steam and then the stanley tweeted about the lens protocol and uh, then we believe that it's the time that we started working on the uh, decentralized social network so it it took us uh, around like uh, one year uh, and now uh, 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 what we are doing that we are extended the capabilities of lens protocol uh, so we are building right now we are building a token gated decentralized calendly where creators can charge for their time uh, so in in this journey i want to thank uh, uh, stanny vitalik uh, yuli and uh, uh, jesse weldon uh, because oh, because you. of your yeah Thanks so much for for sharing that story. Um that's really interesting. I I know we're running up on time, so I wanted to start wrapping things up and also save some time for audience questions. But yeah. before Thank we get to so a couple much. of audience Yeah, before we get to audience questions, um I just wanted to ask um one last question to Stani or maybe any of the creators or other builders here, which is If Lens Protocol succeeds as we all hope it does and grows in adoption to millions or billions of users, what does social networking look like in that world and how does it differ from the current paradigm of social networking that we have today? Um like what do you think happens in that ecosystem in terms of um what does it look like for creators? What does it look like for application builders who are building social networks? I would love to hear you paint that vision of this future state of decentralized social networking. Yeah, I, I think I think if, if if Lens will be like uh, Lens will be successful, um, we should have a, a very big Lens uh, fest somewhere where we can get all the creators um, and users together <laughs> to to basically um, uh, celebrate. Um, I, I think we should do that anyways. Um, I, I, I'm really. Uh, going to push this year for a lens fest uh and it will be will be super cool to see actual uh creators artists uh perform their live because i think uh something that is interesting is that you know um it's it, 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 it's going to be very valuable uh to see lens protocol as becoming the web3 uh social layer i mean it's for me it makes a lot of sense not just to create uh, exciting new uh social media uh, applications and experiences but also having it in uh applications where it, we might haven't ha have not seen social uh use before uh and finance is a very good example so i'm i'm, I'm definitely would love to see more integrations in uh defi applications where you can uh make them more social um and engaging Uh, actually and, and empower those uh communities so i i would love to see lens more used as a uh a tool of uh creating more engage engagement but the the other thing is the um 
real life component. So seeing more people outside of the uh, internet uh, and, and, and being able to, you know, listen to music that's uh, has become um, popular in, in lens and, and seeing uh, the native creators uh, be successful uh, in their uh, passion. I, I think then we're, we're kind of like in the right uh, path. Um, and, and then having that, uh, you know, connection with the audience for the rest of their um, lives will be super exciting to see. Can I share yeah. here, Lee? Uh, yeah, of course. Gotcha. I just wanted to say for me, it's just a bigger thing that Lens is enabling. Um, and I think XMTP as well. In For the last 15 years, digital ownership has been taken away from us. Every creator, every person's lives have moved digitally and we own none of it. And the entire world has moved online and the ownership of everything we have has moved into the hands of a few people. And so if this is really successful, moving ownership back to the people and the creators and the artists who actually make and create things is the end goal. And I think that shift is such a massive opportunity to open up opportunity, opportunity, economics and upside to people who have ownership, because when you own things, value can accrue to them. And today you don't own almost anything digital. And I think it scratched the surface with crypto and NFTs, but now we're talking about owning your network, owning your communication, owning your identity and the ability to own things in the world where we spend most of our time, which is the digital world to me is the thing that brings back opportunity to both people who are the audience as well as the creators and the artists. And that over the last 15 years, if you're on Spotify or you're on Facebook or you're on Instagram or you're on Twitter, all of them are just a billboard between your actual relationships and bringing back the ability to own that, to also be rewarded for that and to increase economic opportunity that comes from actually owning the things that created. And to me, that's just a fundamental shift in how the internet works to be more like how life should work. I'll, I'll add that. a little bit. I can add a little Go bit ahead. from yeah. a creator perspective. Um, and I think, Lee, you wrote a great article on it. And I can't remember exactly the title, but something Kevin Kelly wrote the original A Thousand True Fans and that, you know, creators can start to make a living based on their fans. And I think you took it a step further with the concept of a creator middle class. And I think you called it 100 True Fans or something like that. Where yes, I think fans. it's a great article. I recommend anyone reading it. Um, but I think you hit the nail on the head and we're already seeing it, you know, among some of my friends and creators and that, you know, much a higher number of creators can make a decent living creating their content and selling it directly to their fans. Um, and I think we're going to have a more fragmented, you know, kind of creator landscape. Whereas in web two, we saw mostly the value accrued to the top accounts. Um, and just, you know, that's an incentives thing. So, I think we're already seeing that and I'm excited for that. Yeah, definitely. I think um, my prediction for how the world evolves um, in this kind of vision of a decentralized social world is that more of the value accrues to the actual users and creators and people who are actually like contributing the content and the, and the value to these social products versus to the middlemen, which are kind of the apps that are facilitating the connections between users. And, you know, today in in the social networking paradigm that we currently have, most of the value is accruing to the people who are building in the middle, people who are intermediating the relationship between creators and audiences, between users and other users. 
And I think this shift towards a decentralized social world means that more value actually accrues to the endpoints rather than to the middle of that equation. So I'm really excited to see that happen. And I think that very much supports that vision of 100 true fans or what Stani was mentioning, where people are more easily able to make a living doing the things that they're already doing. Um, Okay, so we're over time. So in the interest of time, uh, I think maybe I will, let's see, pick an audience question that I'll just read out from the comments that we're getting on Twitter. Um, hmm, Let's see. Or I guess, Stani, are there any, are there any things that you want you want to mention that we haven't talked about during this spaces, anything, any parting words that you want to offer to folks? Yeah, definitely. I, I think uh, for, um, there's sort of creators here. Um, and, and especially if you aren't yet on, uh, lens and, you know, there's, there's definitely like group of people that can, um, help, help you to get started. I mean, Chris has been, helping quite a lot of, um, you know, creators in this space. He's, he was very early excited about the idea of, of, of decentralized social. Um, and, and definitely like something I, I personally think is that um, it, 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 we could actually see a lot of exciting uh, use cases. And if you are thinking of building something, um, you know, I would think of like that, you don't necessarily need to build anything that uh, already exists, but actually just um, try to figure out like how um, how you could use uh, Lens Protocol and unlock something new um, or build something very small. So sometimes building super small and, and very to very targeted audience, even in the Web3 uh, space, it could actually um, be a catalyst for uh, big ideas or big movements. Um, I'm, I'm super excited that, you know, we have um, a lot of exciting content, um, you know, and you're able to collect that content. So, so for me, for example, collecting and being able to um, get an NFT out of, uh, for example, uh, new music or, or um, videos or podcasts is, is uh, quite exciting. So I, I think like um, it's still very early to see like where all these applications are going towards, but now I'm seeing more and more that. A lot of the applications when we go um, a few months back, even let's say six months back to the uh, summer, you know, everything was uh, very uh, primitive. And now we are seeing that uh, these applications, they're actually becoming, you know, uh, fully featured apps and they have audiences, they have fans, um, you know, creators have their own um uh, audiences as well, and and a lot of people have made friends uh, over Lens. And I think that the coolest part is to see the the composability. So you know, Lens uh, helps to you know uh, create the the online presence and connect with other people. But there is XM TP uh, that allows you uh, via messages. There's there's waves that allows to add another monetization layer. Um, you know, they just like the the composability stack is uh, incredible. But yeah, I, I personally, you know, if um, I, I'm, I'm super excited at the state we are uh, at this point, and it's just surprising to see how many new things are being built. And one thing is that I want to give a shout out to Naomi, who's who's building Rally. Uh, so she is um, she's from uh, Developer DAO, and and she's been building kind of like an alternative for 
uh, well, let's say actually like a better uh, Twitter spaces where you have a calendar, you can invite you know people to future um, audio spaces on on Lens, which is very cool. So hopefully at some at some point we we're gonna have uh, these conversations at Rally and, and powered by the Lens protocol. So <clears throat> that's been super nice. Awesome. Yeah, it's definitely been incredible to see the number of talented developers who are building on top of Lens, um, especially even the fact that there are one-person teams that are building entire social networks on top of Lens. I think this would have been impossible in a Web2 context because you needed such a large team just to grow your user base and to start bootstrapping growth. Um, but now, like I've I've been meeting teams that are just one or two people that have tens of thousands of users because they're building on top of an open protocol and can get started much more easily. And then similarly on the creator side, I think the barriers to entry are also quite low where you can have a small passionate fan base and start monetizing from the get-go and own those audience relationships without needing to be mega famous. So I'm really excited to see what the future of Lens has in store. Um, And yeah, I just wanted to thank everyone uh, for being here today. Shane, did you have any last minute remarks that you wanted to say here? I just wanted to say thank you to you, Lee and Sandy and uh, the composability is everything and we love working with Lens. And so I wanted to just leave it open to the audience that if anyone wants to connect or if we can be helpful, uh, I'm always reachable on Lens. So shanemac.lens or shanemac.eth, any of the applications, I ha- you know, I have them all. I use Linster.xyz uh, on the web. I use Orb on my phone. I have a Converse app. So if you want early access to any um, of the applications or to try new things, just send me a message and I'd love to chat. Awesome. Thanks so much for that offer. I'm legion.lens. If you want to find me, Stani is stani.lens. Anyways, feel free to reach out here or on Lens. Um, Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in today. And thank you to all the speakers and especially to Stani for being here. Um, And I hope that everyone has a great rest of their day. Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, Thank you so much. Bye, everyone. Thank you, Lee. Bye. Thank you. Bye.